Hello, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another Bucks of America podcast. Today, I brought, I have Bob online here. Tell us a little about, so first, introduce yourself, Bob. Okay. I'm Bob Coleman. Um, I'm living right now in northern Wisconsin. Uh, actually, that's where I graduated from high school from, and we came back to raise our family there. Uh, I spent some years out in the Dakotas, went to college out there, and lived out there for a while. Can you bring the mic a little bit closer? Yes. There we go. Thank you. So now you. So what do you do now here in Wisconsin? I, I was a math teacher for uh, thirty-four years, and mm-hmm. I coached for thirty-seven. Uh, now I'm a retired, but I still coach. Okay. And I, I work with. I also work part time with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, where I work with character and three-dimensional coaching mm-hmm. with about mm-hmm. four or five different teams. Very cool. Now, what, now these teams, are these wrestling? Is this football, basketball? What is it? What are the okay. times you talk about? I, I personally am the head wrestling coach at Spear High School. Okay. And I'm assistant track coach at Northwestern High School. Mm-hmm. But uh, I work with Superior's varsity football team one day a week. Mm-hmm. And I work with their middle school program one day a week. And then I work with Northwestern's volleyball program one day a week. Uh-huh and their cross-country program one day. Very cool. So so over this long career, so how, how many state championships do you have underneath your belt? Uh, as far as team state champions, none. Oh. But I've had some, I've had uh, one wrestling state champ, a runner-up, and a number of state qualifiers, placeholders. Very good. See, that's that's what matters because like, that, that's what I like about wrestling is that it's an individual sport. So it's like it's only you. It's, it's, it's all in your head. And so it's like I've – I was into wrestling years ago. Then I got into football, but then it's like, and I got, into, then I got, I got bit by the bug of playing paintball. So when I got, when I was in high school, I got, I got bit by that bug, and I played. I've been playing paintball now for 23, 24 years now. So I've, I've reached my ten thousand hours in that sport. I've only been shooting archery for about five years now. So it's like I'm, I'm slowly growing to reach those ten thousand hours. I'm going to get there. But uh, but that's what got me into it. I just like I really I really enjoy shooting people, and, and, and so it's like yes, I got you. And then and I've got to the point where I'm, I'm, I've where I was really good at it, where I was actually working with younger kids and stuff like that, and teaching them uh, like the the fundamentals of communication, leadership, direction, and three D strategy. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I and you're giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. I, I just give back to the community mm-hmm. because it's given me and my family, my kids, so much. Yes, that I, I just I want to give back. Very cool. It's very it's very humble of you to do so. Now, how long have you been in archery? Um, boy, uh, my dad bought us our first bow when we were, I suppose, uh, middle school age. About mm-hmm. bring, the, then, bring the mic up a little more. <laughs> middle school age. And uh, so, and I'm 61 now, so mm-hmm. do the math. <laughs> wow. It's been a while. That's very impressive. So you already got your 10,000 hours on it. So yeah. w- when, through, through your illustrious career, where, when was the biggest technology jump for you? Was it in the 70s, 80s, 90s, today? Uh, technology jump. Wow. Yeah. I would say uh, in the last probably 10 years. Really? Yeah. So why do you think it was kind of a stagnant uh, arc for so many years until like the last 10? I don't know. I, I would say an education change is tough. I, I would say technology and education has probably been it's been quicker than that. I'd mm-hmm. say the, probably mm-hmm. the last 15, 20 years. Fair enough. Tough. But me personally, 
besides what had to do with education, it, it, it's just, I just never got into it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. No, you know, so no, since you, since you like archery, have you tried getting your, the, 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 do you have any kids that you, that you coach that are in archery as well? Uh, yes. Actually, right now at Superior, the Superior High School, they have a very active archery club. Uh, mm-hmm. Through Matthews, mm-hmm. and then they do the national competition and, and the state qualifying stuff. So yes, it's I encourage them to get involved. That's fantastic. That's great to hear that you've that you've shaped them getting into archery. Because I like archery is like one of those ones where it's a it's like sitting down with a shrink, but you're only inside your own mind because like when you're when you're when you have that when you have the brace in your hand, you're you're at full draw. All of the problems that you've been dealing with for that day or that week are just gone because at that point in time, you're simply just focusing on your, your muscle movement, your form, and your technique, and then it's like an, executing that clean shot. Yeah. Well, my, my bow stand is my therapy. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids that. You know, mm-hmm. That's my bubble. That's where I go. I get away, and, and if I don't go out enough, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a rough week. <laughs> oh, I can I can see that. I can be like, I know for me, it's like I like my string therapy. It's the way I yeah. do it. And uh, Anthony Schmidt was here from Lacrosse Archer, and he's been kind of a uh, my go to since I've relocated from Minnesota to Wisconsin. And he's just a wealth of knowledge, and it's like and his way of constructing the strings and stuff, and and being a top producer of selling bows, not because they're good at it, it's just because they they have the way to look deep into somebody like what bow is going to be best for them is it going to be hoy is it going to be matthews is it going to be a mission and that's what's good about it do your kids by chance uh partake in the outdoors yes both my my both my sons uh, hunt archery we go on animal hunting once in a while mm-hmm. um, now that they graduate have their own families it's very tough but they come yeah. up and we go bow hunting deer once in a while at our cabin um but we're hoping to. We're looking at maybe an Arizona hunt, a mule deer hunt, oh. and just going together and do it yourself, and go. That's fantastic. Here, I had a friend of mine uh, last fall. He went out and shot a mule deer in uh, in Arizona, in velvet, and he he, he shot it while it was laying in his bed. And it's like it's like his ultimate dream was to get it. And he he didn't think he was going to get a good shot placement, but where it landed, hit right on the artery. And you see the blood splurting. Oh. It it only ran about sixty yards. Down it went. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And that's my goal too, is myself, is to get a deer bedded because that's so hard to get. <laughs> I mean, anybody listening to the podcast can understand. It's like it's not an easy task to no. sneak up on an elk or a mule deer or no. an antelope. Antelope, good luck with that one, man. Yeah. I, I, my sons did a lot better antelope hunting than they. They, they at least got shots. I mm-hmm. didn't get a shot, mm-hmm. but they're a little more patient. I'm a little more. Uh huh. I'm a little more aggressive. <laughs> Fair enough. Which is which is all part of the learning curve, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like right. especially if you don't get a chance to get out there often. Right. Especially like being here in Wisconsin, it's like you have to drive to to South Dakota or, or Nebraska or yeah. Kansas or even further west to try to get out there. And that's that's a, a day trip out there, and then getting everything set up, scouting, and then a day trip back. It's like yeah. ten days is very is actually more or less like seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a great experience that little that, that mm-hmm. last hunt we did because I got to take my dad and my two sons and myself and we camped and uh, 
Oh. We, we had a great time. See, I, I don't, I won't, I don't want to, ever, I won't be able to achieve that goal because, like, my dad, my dad's dad, he passed away before I was born, and he was an avid outdoorsman too, and it's like my dad's an outdoor, avid outdoorsman too as well. So now, what I do is I purposely make time in my schedule to take my little, my daughter, and we go out and we do everything. He's not much to hunting because he's got bad knees, but boy, does he love to fish. And my little one, it's she's a trooper. We get on the boat and she's out there from as soon as we get there until dusk. And, and it just, she just crashes hard. And it's unique because it's like we, we make sure she's well hydrated, but she doesn't. It's like we, we, we ask her, do you need to go potty? Do you need to go to the restroom? And nope, she's gung-ho. But that's, that's real, it's really special for you to get your dad, yourself, and your two boys. I mean, three generations and one hunt. Right. It's fantastic. Well, I, I think you said it perfectly when you used the word uh, intentional. I believe it was intentional. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional with our family things. With mm-hmm. hunting, mm-hmm. you've you got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I think Train to Hunt's a perfect example mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. intentional. Why did I come to Train to Hunt is mainly because of my coaching experience, and I'm tired of being out of shape, so I got in shape. Better, better shape. <laughs> shape than you think, yeah. Better shape. Uh-huh. Um, and and I, I text one of my good friends I work with uh, as far as he's a football coach with his team, and I said, now i got to practice what I preach as far as self-talk. This, this, mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. this is going to be a tough day. Yeah, and you're going to be participating tomorrow's uh, 3D hunt as well, yes, right? correct? right. Yeah. Now, are you just going to participate in this event, or are you going to move over to, to Colorado for the final event? I, I, Colorado's a pretty big step from here. Okay, that's as true. As far as the intensity level and mm-hmm. the work level, I'm not, I, I personally feel I'm not in good enough shape yet. Fair enough. Uh, At least you got something to go for. Right. Because when I ran the practice here with Brian and Nate, it's like it let me know what I needed to really work on. It's like I felt my cardio was there, but it was my legs. It's like I had the lactic, lactic acid build up. My knees weren't performing the way I wanted to. And so what I did after that over the last 20 days when I was, since I was here, I went ahead and I started uh, duplicating the boxes. And then it's like instead, and I don't have bags to work with, so I use kettlebells. And I use that to, to build on that. And I actually feel a nice... Uh, recovery from and actually feel the endurance back because it's like I work at a desk job and I, I work with veterans so it's like it's 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 a, it's a nice win-win situation for me so it's like I have time to be able to hunt and fish and all everything like that but I also get to help veterans as well and being part of this it's like it's, it's good influence to be able to provide somebody that like especially they're going through a downtime or depression like going through this like this extraneous exercise just gives you that motivation and the people here it's just like a family. I mean, everybody's cheering everybody on. You'd be the last person in line, and everybody's cheering them in, which is fantastic. I mean, everybody was stayed here until the last man came off the mountain, which yeah. is great to see because it's like they wanted to because they wanted him to feel as special as they did when they came off the mountain. Yeah, well, one thing that this promotes, as far as an educator and a coach, is growth mindset. Mm-hmm. There's no failure here. You don't fail. Yes, you learn. It's everything's mm-hmm. a learning experience. For example, when I come. You know, I didn't do as well as I was hoping to be able to do, but I, I did reach a couple goals I set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I sit back and reflect, I go, you know what? Some of the key things I learned was when I start getting tired, I'm shooting low. So I need to maybe make adjustments in my elk hunt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that if I'm breathing pretty hard and I'm pretty yes. tired, I better adjust my, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. sighting accordingly. Luckily for us being here in the Driftless area, we, we there's plenty of places to hit. Like I, I'm from La Crosse, so I'm able to go to Granite's Bluff and I can walk that up. And so like mm-hmm. one or two trips up and down that, and it's really get you. And over there, being up there in Superior, there's there's more than one way to figure out how to climb because you can jump over to Duluth and go up down through there as well. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, it's ski hills. There's two mm-hmm. ski hills in Duluth, mm-hmm. and that's where I went to the one, and that's where I did most of my hill training. Very cool. Now, did were they did were they let did they let you bring your target out there to practice? No. Okay. I did that at I just did that at home. I have a 3D targets at home. Mm, okay. So. But did you did you pack your pack and fill and bring your bows this way? You kind of get get the yeah. mental mindset for it. Yeah, I I had a pack. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I went when I went to the hills, and I go to 3D shoots that give me the elevation shots mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that stuff too. So. Very unique. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, let's see here. I shot in Duluth here a couple of years ago. I can't remember where it's off, but it's a, It's just a small forty or thirty or no, thirty yard range. I can't remember what it's called, but it's in Duluth. But it's it, and then you got then if you jump over in Superior, you have uh, Rage is manu- well, not manufactured but distributed there. Yeah. Then uh, Sherlock is there too as well, yeah. uh, and then also Glencoe Glencoe yep. targets is the targets mm-hmm. that's right there. Uh, custom archery mm-hmm. is right there who's done a great job mm-hmm. uh, that's where i buy my bows and mm-hmm. he's done a great job helping me build arrows and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he does a great job very unique so you know what what arrow set up what arrows you running today um, out there i, I gotta think now you might have the, your arrows are right there so you can always oh, look yeah, at them there we go <laughs> nice thing about most arrow manufacturers i'm gonna tell um, you right there um shooting the bap tko and i shoot about a, a 420 very cool. And I see you use a four, uh, four fletching too. Yep. I, I've done some research. I fletch my own arrows. Uh, mm-hmm. Like wind resistance and, and side winds like out west, mm-hmm. these are supposed to help that a little bit. Oh, interesting. And I've done a, I've done a lot of just uh, front of center stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm starting mm-hmm. to, I'm just playing around with things. Now this is where technology comes in, the research. Yes, yes. So, yeah. I know uh, Kudu Points does a fantastic job of making broad, broadheads. I, I personally shoot uh, veteran innovative products. They're made out of Texas. Every component of the broadheads made in America, owned by a veteran. Yeah. I mean, this guy knows his engineering. He's extremely smart. Uh, and actually, here's one of his hats right here that I, I wear for one of, my, one of my sponsors for this year. And I've been shooting that broadhead since it came in existence. And now you can find them at Walmart, which is his biggest success. Yeah. So, but the thing is, just because it's sold at Walmart doesn't mean the, co- the quality declined. And the, right. the quality is still there. It's just now it's like he's getting paid. Yeah. He's finally able to, to, to keep keep on putting the research, which, which paid off because now he has 175 grain, which I'm really excited to try this season because I've really been – I've, I had a conversation with Anthony Schmidt about his success because he shoots a 650 grain. It's a little heavy, but yeah. he he shoots all the time. He knows. He's been shooting just as long as you have, so he yeah. knows the arc. He knows the timing. I mean, he dropped a antelope at 72 yards. Wow. 72 yards with a 650 grain broadhead yeah. or, or arrow. It's like... Yeah. Slam dunk, man. It's like... <laughs> and it's like... And I was listening... I talked to Kurt Heading from... Expedition arch- Archery, he shoots a 534. It's like, I'm liking that 534, 550 up to, and it's like, I'm throwing that big bad boy on there. And it's like, I'm looking forward to this season because my fiance has got a new job. So we're able to, uh, we're going to be able to dedicate more time in the field. So oh, we, we, things things have worked out for us. Did, did your wife hunt? No, she does not. Okay. I wish she, w- I think, you know, I wish she would. Mm-hmm. That would be just, just to be that, that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. We got to, I mean, I can't. My wife is a tremendous individual. She's, mm-hmm. To live with me for as long <laughs> as she has, she's got a special place in heaven. That. <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> See, we I, what's what's kind of like made me get down on one knee with her because she loves the outdoors. It's like I made she she wanted to go bow hunting with us. She bought herself her own bow. I bought the accessories for it because this way, then it's like 
if I get all these little these little items here, then she's like when she gets her bonus, which she did, she got a bow all tricked out for us. So we sat there. Um, she won't let me buy her 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 seven millimeter rifle yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it one of these days. But uh, what made it what makes it so unique? And instead of having an engagement ring or a ring, she wanted a she wanted a pistol oh, for really? her engagement <laughs> ring. So it's like so it's like we went to a gun we went to a uh, gun show in Illinois. She picked out what she wants. Like all right, well bought it right in the spot. Shipped it to uh, Coyote Creek, and here we are. Yeah. She's got it. She, she it's like it's like I got I got a diamond in the rough, and it's like <laughs> I was telling um, uh, Eric Clark, he was in here earlier today, and we were talking about like wives and how supportive they really are, like being there for them as they're there for you. And it's like I got lucky because like I'm here to last night and tonight, and she's by herself, and so it's like it's like having that type of uh, unique relationship it's just so rewarding because it's like she knows that this this is my my passion she loves doing it and the best part is like when i come home tomorrow it's like it's it's gonna be all about her yep well it it, it takes two it mm -hmm. takes two it really and does you just can't have a mission by yourself mm -hmm. it takes both you and your wife to buy into the mission and yeah make it really what it should be mm -hmm. and i'm really it's just the best part she likes hunting like we we've sat in the ground blind for 12 hours not said wow. a single word that's <laughs> a single word and there's like what uh i called in a buck here a couple of years ago and she's right when we first started dating and it's like i start nudging her like look look he's like seven yards out so it's like i'm grabbing the bow she's grabbing the range fighter she's ranging him and but where i hunt at you have to have a minimum four points on one side yeah. and so she counts ah, it's only got five you only got three on one side so it's like, well, it's just, but it was so unique to watch him come through. And then the son of a gun kicked up a whole bunch of does. Like, can like he kicked him kicking up three of them? Like, just take one for the team already, so I can get some meat on the table. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It, but then the following year, I shot him. So it's great. And so I got I got a shoulder mount a whole nine. Oh, wow. That was great. And it's like, uh, but um, I want to show people the, like the broadhead I use is like it, it expanded inside the cavity. And if I had a little bit higher FOC, it would have been a complete pass through. Yeah. And it's like one. Uh, what I was taught about FOC and like you want instead of creating a two inch wound, you want to create a 16 inch wound. Mm -hmm. So this way that's like you're gonna be able to find it. And luckily it's like if I didn't double lung it, I probably never found it because not a single drop of blood. Oh, wow. Mm hmm. But I, it's like it would be the only downside. I went on my neighbor's property. He's not a very nice guy. <laughs> he's not a very nice guy. It's like he's like this is it's like you're the reason why we need to legalize prostitution because he wouldn't be such a dick. <laughs> now it's like then last year you, you start I'm sitting in my tree stand all of a sudden you're a bunch of gunshots going off. And it's like that's hunter harassment. So this year if he does the same thing, it's like I'm yeah. gonna call the DNR. It's like I gotta, I gotta harass him. He's driving up and down the road, honking his horn, shooting his gun off. I don't know which direction he's shooting at. So so it's like he's at least armed. Yeah. And so it's like it's so disruptive about that. And it's like even from here, it's like I was listening to Fred. And he was telling me like they're like, are you guys – he was telling me like some of their impressions about this. Like they, they thought that we were going to shoot each other with these. It's like, yeah, it's not <laughs> how that works. But it's like it tells me the perception of archery is not being delivered properly in an anti – in a, a non-hunting world or in their, in their world. So it's like it's us. It's up to us to educate them properly. And it's yeah. like – and the best part is it's like just take them to an archery range. It's like send them, show them how much yep. fun it is. Yep. And just be respectful. Yeah, that's exactly right on that. So, what do you think about this this ever situation when he instead of putting money into into CWD, he decides to put money into the the deer farms? What do you think about well, that? Well, I think I think deer farms have uh, boy, it's that's tough. I just think deer farms is you're asking for trouble because that's really where it all. The problems start because uh, the deer are too close. They're changing, exchanging saliva, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's just a tough situation. It is. It is a thing that's really difficult to dissect because, like, yep, there's several cents out there. There's several companies that that specialize in deer urine, and they are right. completely CWD free. They're certified by the right. state, but it's like it has to be introduced to the species. Like, and that's what we're trying to figure. Like, is it something in the environment that's creating it? Is it something they're eating? It's like, what can we do to fix it? Is like, is it something in our soybeans? Is it something in our corn that's creating it? Because it's one. It's, a, it's such a weird dynamic. It's like we're still learning about how to fix it. Right. I mean, it's been around since the '60s. Right. And it will be the downfall to baiting, probably eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of like Minnesota's going away from it, lot, like a run lacrosse, Veroca, all going. Come to find out, Ground Zero is only a couple of hills away. Exactly right. This is mm -hmm. where it started. Mm -hmm. This was this was hit hard. Yes. The day one, I don't. It's quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they really changed some things in this area. Yes, they have. Then they like and and when you listen to the DNR, like if you harvest something on the land, you got to debone it all there. And when you bury it, it's got to be deeper than what a raccoon can recover. Is what they're worth, what they're what they're what, which is fair because then this way it keeps them from the coyotes from digging at them and right. pulling out the bones. So we'll see what all happens. But now, how has has CWD affected Superior yet, or is it still only down here down south? I, I think I don't think it's affected it a lot. I mm -hmm. think people talk about it. I think they they be they're they're real careful. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of baiting and stuff in Superior in mm -hmm. that area, northern Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. When you get into the big woods, it's really it's tough. Tough. Hunting. Yes. If you don't bait, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but a lot of guys are going to food plots now and that kind of thing. Because this way, this way, it's a, it's a long-term sustainable thing, and, right. and it and not only just benefits the whitetail, it benefits the entire ecosystem yes. too. Because yes. it's like the the whitetails are getting fat, that means the wolves are going to be fed, the bears are going to be fed, yeah. cougars, and so on and so forth. So it's like it's got a nice um, bonus or an actual true value to the environment. Yep. So now, uh, for you up there, have you been have, like have you been pretty consistent over the last 15, 20 years hunting up there in Superior? As far as for getting a for yeah, getting, getting a deer. Well, what ha we've gone through some rough time. Our, what, what up there, uh, bear numbers are very high. Okay. Wolf numbers are very high. Okay. And and actually, you know, bobcat and everything else is they're, they're pretty high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we had some bad winters. That's true. That really hurt. This a lot winter of was deer. nasty too, as well. I don't know about down up there, but down here it was nasty. Yeah. And it's just starting to come back now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and it was bucks only for a long time. Mm -hmm. So when they made it bucks only, everybody shut any buck at all. Mm -hmm. So as far as our buck to doe ratio is, is pretty well out of whack. True. Really out of whack. And the best way to curb CWD is to go after the, the does. Yeah. And like down here, the, the when they had the uh, earn a buck, that was by far the best way to do it because this way then it was like they were able to control more of the population spread, but then money got involved. So like the, the, the bigger um, uh, trophy farmings where they have all these big, big like $10,000 uh, box. I know Truppolo down there, they had, it was three years ago, four years ago, they had eight or 12 bucks shot, all 200 plus class. They were offering a $100,000 reward because it cost them, it, it cost them a lot of money. So it's like, it's like you're, well, if they shot that many, you're looking at eighty to one hundred and fifty grand right there. Yeah. So it's like you got to have the reward. I don't think anybody was 
caught by it, but it's it's sad. Because it it's, it, it's like it's like, the next thing that I've learned from my short time. I've only been hunting for twenty years, but even with my short time of being in the, in the woods, being out there, hunters and outdoorsmen, I should say, have a good way of policing themselves. It's like they know it's like if it's if it's illegal or what's going on, or if somebody's or if somebody's lying or somebody's doing something wrong. We have no problem telling them like this needs to stop. And it's like, well, you tell you, we'll tell you to the face if you don't listen. Well, then here comes the DNR knocking on your door. It's like there was a situation in Iowa. There was a guy um, fishing up all the the uh, perch, and the the, the landowners noticed it because it's like uh, where you are fishing at. There's uh, a lot of development there. And they're watching this guy hitting the same spots five six days in a row. And your possession limit's only fifty. When they raided his free freezer, he had over five hundred. Wow. Yeah. So he he's not he's he's in trouble. He's in trouble. And the unique thing is like the whole system is all connected. So if you get any amount of suspension. You're suspending like 48 states. Yeah. So it's like you're not going to be hunting anywhere, fishing anywhere. So it's like good luck. Yeah, that comes back to that old thing when I said earlier, but you know, just be respectful. Mm -hmm. got, mm -hmm. The only way we can promote hunting and those kinds of things is if we show respect and do mm -hmm. it the right way. 100%. I agree. 100%. Otherwise, then we everybody gets a bad name. So all it takes is one guy. Mm -hmm. And then... Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, archery has a bad name. Yes. Or whatever. And right now, with the like the, the, the current climate and what's going on here, it's like that's why the podcast world for hunting is just skyrocketing because it's like somebody may not like me, but somebody might like Eric Clark or uh, somebody might like Joe Rogan or somebody might like uh, Ray Newberg and all these big influential people that are in the hunting world. Like they're just like you listen to this guy right here because they, they talk about hunting as as strong conservation, but also a passion and a love. And, and it's like in one and then, then the term trophy is such a dirty word that it's like it's really tough to, to explain it because the, the, the deer is a trophy because it's like you spend for 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 some deer that I'm going after, I'm like I get one deer, I've been going for four years. So it's like I've been making sure I got a food plot out there, getting rid of anything that could create an ailment, removing any extra um, man-made items out there, creating as much as natural as possible, trying to make sure that the environment is healthy, getting rid of all old growth, so this way then don't have, so this way that he has trails, kind of kind of kind of guide him where I want him to go. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I, have, uh, I have a plan this year because mm -hmm. the last four years he's shown up at da on dawn or right around Halloween. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes. It's like I got trail cams to show. It's like when we finish the podcast, I'll show you the picture. Because like when you see how big, how tall the rack is, I just got to hope he survived because this winter was hard. Because yeah. we, we, uh, I think we had 75 inches of snow down south. Oh, wow. And that's a... Uh, that, considering that used to be the normal in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then all of a sudden now we've, we've been really babied in a sense. It's been very, uh, very laxed, uh, very, very, we've been very cradled, like you should say. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden we're, like, we're back to where we once were. It's like, it's like you know, these days, it's like yeah. you, you grew up those things. And so it's like my dad too, it's like, it's like, this is, this is nothing new from when I was growing up. And I was like, we had worse technology we have today. And it's like now these would create all these pampered little yeah. pussies in a sense. <laughs> So uh, now, when you hunt, do you hunt private or public? Well, we have a family hunting cabin because I think, and you're talking about general public's attitude toward hunting and stuff. I think one thing that we miss to promote enough is the impact mm -hmm. it has on families. True. So our our family, we rifle, rifle hunting is big for us because all the family gets together. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. stay at the cabin for a week and, mm -hmm. you know. We just enjoy one another and, and work with one another. So we do some private. 
Um, me personally, I enjoy going out west and do do-it-yourself, mm-hmm. public mm-hmm. hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoy that. But I also go to Illinois, where I lease some land. You know, so that's quite, expensive down there. Yeah. Oh my God, the the out of state bow license. Yes. Like that's where I'm getting married in Peoria. Oh. And so it's like and her dad and her grandpa hunt down there. It's like I, I, I want to look at how much a bow license was over $400. Like, Jesus. It's, it's like they shit in gold down there or something? It's closer to 500 Oh, really? Oh, yeah, probably. By the time you buy all the other mm-hmm. little things. It's- and then add in the taxes and stuff like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's like when you go down to Illinois, it's like the, the pressure's on you to to, 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 to execute. Because you're only down, you're only going to be down there because you're coming from Superior, which is still yeah. Five hours north of here? Six hours north of here? It's about five. Five? So, like, in the end, you drive all... Five now, minutes. where are you hunting? Are you hunting, like, in Peoria or Rockford or... We're, we're kind of on the southwest uh, side right along the river down in Pike County mm-hmm. and the county next to... I think it's Brown. Is it Brown County? Mm-hmm. So, there's okay. two counties there that we kind of... Fair hunt. enough. Yeah. Because, like, I like well, I like looking at the uh, Illinois Registry because it's like... Because they, they hunt down in Bureau County and stuff like that. And in the surrounding counties there. Now, remember, guys, the counties we're telling you, it's not the real county. <laughs> so, it's one of those things where we, we I like looking at the headcounts to, like, see how the population is doing. But also seeing how many hunters are actually hunting during this time. And last year for Wisconsin, it was our best year yet. We had over, over half a million hunters and nobody was fatally shot. Yeah. You know, it's like we had a, a few minor bumps and bruises, right. but nobody was shot, nobody was killed. And so it's like for those who want to like think the guns are the problem, it's like I think it's your thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. the mental illness we got going yeah. on here. Yeah. Yeah, so it, but it's like I like uh, speaking mental illness. So it's like when you're when you're taxed from your from your day job, from work, from school, from the kids, the wife's like it's it's relaxing. Yes, it is very much so. being in God's country and being able yeah. to just relax and get away from all that stuff, getting all away from all that white noise. Yep, uh, I'm with you on that. That's mm-hmm. That's my hideout. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like I hunt with my, my fiance, it's like I don't care. It's like, but it's it's for us. It's like it's like we get away from everything. Our mind is only on one thing: that fucking squirrel and, <laughs> and the buck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you hunt, but it's like we, like over the last couple of years, we've been pretty lucky. Not a whole lot of squirrels have been showing up, but now I got about a half a dozen or a dozen, <laughs> which I'm I'm happy, but I'm not happy about because the nice thing is, is like I have squirrel to hunt because I like I like eating squirrel because it's like we have a, there's a lot of growth of uh, acorns out there, so they're gonna be very fat and very. Del- <laughs> delicious but it's always so annoying it's like is that a deer or is that a squirrel <laughs> yes squirrels get irritating yeah. <laughs> now up up north what's your squirrel population like up there it's, pretty, it's good it's solid in the mm-hmm. oaks and stuff yeah very cool i mean we're we're mainly uh you know we have we have oaks but there's also a lot of pine up there mm-hmm. you know? and do you have pine martin up there by chance yes we do oh very good yeah. now have i've never tried the meat have you ever eaten pine no. martin okay i don't know if it's any good or not i know i don't know yeah, because I know it's primarily used for their, their pelts. Right. And so I didn't know if anybody really tried it because I know uh, uh, Randy Newberg and his crew did muskrats. And that's a very difficult meat to swallow from what the, the videos I've watched because they, they, cooked some, they cooked some up last year. And it's, it's, it's very swampy meat. It's not very good. Yeah. And they tried it with chili. They tried it with anything to really cut the flavor to it. And some of them tried washing the milk and brining it. It's like, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I tell you what, like today, I was like, I fried up some uh, venison. Uh, I had some canned venison from a friend of mine because he, he keeps on getting it from his brother, and it's like something about it's uh, something about venison that that that, that makes him ill, and it's like someone it's it's something that's it's an allergy that's developed. 
Like when he was younger, he loved eating venison, but now since he's getting a little bit older, something like that. So he gave me some of his venison he needs to get rid of, stuff like that. And I fried it up. He's like, my fiance will not eat it because it's canned. She thinks canned's bad, but boy, is it delicious. Especially you, you, enough butter makes everything taste good, but it's yeah. like put, finding the right f- mixture of spices. And if turning it, it's like it's, like, it's almost like shredded beef. Yep. It's delicious. Very God, it's good. Yep. Oh, man. And healthy. Yes, it is very healthy. Except minus the butter, but you know, it's like, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's like I, was, I cooked it up this morning and my neighbors looked up at me. It's like, is everything all right? Because I said, oh my God. It's like, no, it's just this venison. It's just absolutely delicious. You want some? It's like, no, I got to gotta take care of the boys because they were uh, both her, her, her husband and his brother uh, were both competed out here and stuff like that. Oh. So it's like, he said, it's like, good thing we were able to borrow a trailer because otherwise it's like, we wouldn't have come down here. Because, like, for me, I'm, I'm just camping in the back of my truck, so. Yeah. But it's not bad, though. I mean, last night, it, it cooled down comfortably. You know, I slept good. Yeah. But it's like waking up with the birds. I can see why people love going out west. Yeah. It's it's not in my cards quite yet because it's like I still got to get married. I still owe the, the wife a uh, honeymoon. And then we got to go from – then we got to figure out what we're going to – then maybe year three, we can probably get out there and actually do something out west. Yeah. So now we're just kind of putting our pennies away and try to get in get it to uh, – because I want to I try antelope. Because people say it's absolutely delicious. It is. Yeah. Take care, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. the biggest thing is, like, from what I understand, is like, you, you, if you're getting in hunting in October, early or late August, early September, you got to get that skin off and get it cool. But everybody says it's delicious. It I, I, mean, I, mean, I even want to try Havelina too. Oh. Yeah, Randy Newberg and those guys down there, they go down to uh, Arizona and get down there. But th- do you know the best time to go hunt down there? January. January is the best time to go hunt because it's like, so many seasons are open and the jackrabbits are massive and the, and the jackalopes are actually real snipes are actually real down there so it's like it's, it's unique and it's like it's like really it's like i'm listening to the fishing wildlife guy on there he's been on on several different podcasts for down there in uh, arizona and it's like jackalopes are real it's like actually it's 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 a cross between antelopes and rabbits it's very interesting to look at and all you're looking for these little brown little nubs when you're looking for them because they most of the shrubbery is very short. I spent seven years down there. I never did any hunting down there. I played a lot of paintball, but I never yeah. went out hunting though. Yeah, that's why he says like it's because it, of the the amount of uh, dove hunting and duck hunting down there. He's he's reasons why he failed out of ten out of uh, uh, t- uh, Tucson because 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 he, he kept going out there hunting because like it's just is sportsman's paradise. Now, how is the grouse population up there? Because I know Minnesota, like talked to a couple of guys from backcountry hunters and anglers, they're, they're trying to figure out ways to restore some of the grouse in Minnesota. How is the grouse up north? Well, I, I, this year I've noticed uh, the population's higher. So I'm th- guessing it's on its upswing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got like that seven year cycle. And I think it's on its upswing. So grouse have a, uh, has a, it's a, a cycle. Year. I think it's like a seven I know year. rabbits have seven years, but I'm not sure about because I've never hunted one. So it's like I don't know enough about the species. I can't guarantee that, but I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's on an upswing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw more nests this year as I've been walking around mm-hmm. scouting mm-hmm. and actually baiting bear and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And we've had grouse nests in our yard. So I've never we've never had that before. So That's I good think to our see. population's up. That's really good to hear, and especially like now, now. Do you hunt grouse yourself? I haven't for a, a number of years now, but I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. From what everybody says, it's absolutely delicious. So it's yes. like that's I like I'm I'm being down south here. Going after dirt ditch chicken is just absolutely delicious. That's what they call pheasants. Is oh. ditch chickens? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I never heard of that until I heard um. Uh, Oh, something from First Light was mentioning. I can't remember. Oh, I know his name, but I just can't know. I just 
can't put a pin on it, but it's like it's a huge. Randy Newberg loves hunting grouse. It's like if he's out elk hunting down in Arizona or New Mexico, if he sees grouse, he's done hunting elk. It's like he's just after those. He'll get his limit and call it good. Man, I love to have his budget. He's he spends some like twenty four thousand dollars on on uh, points. Wow. All throughout the states, but I but Onyx Maps is is really good because they have a really good scientific method when it comes down and to figure out the draw odds in certain areas and yeah. such like that. And he always picks the weird weird ones, but it's like he's always the one out hunting. Yep. It's like it's like why not go explore new areas? Like it's our it's our inner Christopher Columbus or it's our inner explorer. You know, it's like I like why that's why I do the podcast and hunting because I like to explore being places I've never been to. It's like I've like when people ask like where all, where have you all traveled? It's like I've been to seventy six percent of the America. Even including Hawaii. I haven't been to Alaska yet, but it's like seeing all these different places and meeting all the people. And it's like, it's just absolutely fantastic. Where have you all traveled? I actually uh, been to Alaska. Uh, see, I've hunted Montana. I've hunted Wyoming. I've hunted South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois. Um, that's probably as far as where I've been hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I competed in, in in pro rodeo for twenty years, so oh, I wow. traveled the Midwest quite a bit. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, I've been as far west as um, I'll be in Idaho and uh, and uh, in Utah in the next couple of weeks. I'll be out there with my son. We're gonna be kind of scouting in Colorado and swinging out that way. So it's about as far west as I've been. As far east as Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That's really pretty territory out there. Yeah, it's it's actually there's more mountainous than I thought it was going to be. It is. It is very surprising, especially from going from Pittsburgh to uh, um, oh, you got Pittsburgh Steelers and you got the Philadelphia. Yeah. So between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, I mean that's night and day difference. Yeah. For compared to all the mountains, but man, it's just beautiful country. Yeah. As far as south, I've been down to New Orleans. So, I've been in Canada quite a bit because that's just my back door. True. So, mm-hmm. I've been I've been down to Florida a couple of times. Never gone hunting. I've been going, to Florida once. I've been fishing out there, man. It's like I have a really good buddy of mine. His name's Paul, and he's a big historian guy. And he, but it's like he's when I go out fishing with him, it's like he puts me on the bass. It's like there was one time we went out fishing, we caught twenty bass by between from seven thirty to eleven. Wow. It's like it was just absolutely a blast. And it's like they just got to be too hot. It's like, all right, it's time to go. It's like I picked up a six pack and went back from there. And then I flayed the fish and it was good eating. He, he's not a big bass here, but I'll tell you what, the bass down there, the bass up here, two different flavors. It's like down there, bass tastes like our uh, bluegills, our crappies, our sunfish. Bass up here, they taste like catfish. That's like for right, when I catch bass up here, it's like it's like I eat it fresh that day and I deep fry it because it's because like if I'm if I'm sharing it, if I'm eating it by myself, I'll I'll save it until I'm ready for that. It's like it's like flame and yawn for me sometimes because it's just really good, especially like getting some good fish. I got some bass on my on my phone I can show you, and it's just like I just we had a really good summer, and then this fall or this, this or this, excuse me, the spring this summer on the other hand, the growth has really escalated. The lily pads haven't come in, a lot of milfoil. So it's it's and I fish a lot of the Mississippi because that's just right. I, my fishing spot's ten minutes away. I get off of work, I hop in my truck, meet my buddy at his place because when he gets off work, I'm getting at his house and we go and then we go over to his his uh, fiance's newly engaged uh, his uh, her her parents boathouse. Oh, Go out wow. there. It's like his parent, her, her parents are really down to earth, nice people, and they give him so much grief. It's great. <laughs> uh, 
Was there anything else you want to discuss? No, I think we've covered a lot of things. I think so, too. It's been, uh, it's been a good day today at, at Train Down. I think, oh, my next question to you is then, what did you learn about yourself today doing this? Uh, this? That I need to change some training things that I've done. Mm -hmm. I, I know how to make it better. I know how to make my hunting better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about hunting and the way I shoot. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. That's good. So it sounds like you have some really motive because like people listening, it's, it's, it's going to open their eyes on what you need to do when it comes down to this course because it's like happening to me. Yeah, if you come here and you look at it as far as just results, you're going to get discouraged. We look at, okay, what did I learn from this? And mm -hmm. you can make a list of three, four things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's been a very successful day. There's one guy here that uh, uh, before, it was when Fred and I were talking, he was saying he did, last year he did 70 burpees. This year he did zero. That, that was his only goal is to not do burpees. That's it. And he did a majority of his burpees down here and doing the challenges, and he, and he did one set of burpees up there. That's what my goal was, one of them. Mm -hmm. No burpees on the course. Did you, did you accomplish that? Yes. Ah, way to go. Way to go. That's, that's exciting. I had two goals, finish and no burpees. You did both. Yep. It's fantastic. And you're 61 and you're an inspiration. It's like, get get those kids, get your boys in here next time. And yeah. I think, but then again, with families, it's a little difficult. You got to, yeah. you got to make sure your wife is happy. Yep. <laughs> All right, thank folks. You. Well, thank you, Bob, for participating in this conversation. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay.